that whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words don't ever hurt me. That is like such a crock of shit. I'll tell you, I would rather have someone break my arm than hurt my fucking feelings. <laughs> the amount of things that I, I'm sure people thought they said to me, like for them, it was just never a thought again. Yeah. It has haunted me. Yeah. So it matters. We used to be kids. kids. Now we're not. We're not. Something happened in between. This is the Broken Youth Club. So that's what I was doing. I was uh, I was putting new drum heads on my drums. And Oliver came out into the living room and basically gave me a, hey, dad, I think I get it now. I, I This drum is cool, but I see why you want so many because Oliver is now getting into collecting. Uh, Funko Pops. Yeah, the Funko Pops. Yeah. <clears throat> I couldn't think of the name. Um, yeah. For MHA. Yeah. My Hero Academia. Academia yeah. Which is an anime. Yes. And, but basically letting me know that they get the collection bug. And yeah. So we had a nice little little chat about that. That was fun. It was really sweet when we went to we went to like the antique store that we really like close by. Yeah. Because the last time we went they had like a shelf of MHA stuff. Mm -hmm. And Ollie's just been itching to spend some of their money. So we went over there. Uh but I think that they they just didn't have anything that Ollie really wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh but I had ordered Oliver a Funko Pop off of Amazon the other day of his, of their favorite character um, just randomly because Ollie's been talking about wanting to find stuff, but I couldn't really figure out what Ollie really wanted. Okay. Uh, as far as <clears throat> MHA stuff, Ollie typically is kind of weird about like character things because I think that they think it's like childish like or something. Juvenile, yeah. yeah. And Ollie, right. that's the last thing that Ollie wants to be viewed as as a kid. Um, and so after I got that, Funko Pop from Amazon. I think Ollie was on the hunt for that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, remember that one guy told us that we should go to this store in the mall? Uh, I think it's called like Nerdify or something. Okay. So we go over to the mall and it wasn't quite open yet. It was like 45, it was 1045 and it was going to open at 11. So we like did a hot lap, waited for everything to open up. And then we went in and this store had a lot of MHA stuff, a lot like lanyards and like wall tapestries and action figures and stuff. And I thought Ollie would go crazy, but I like didn't want anything. Mm. Uh, but instead was like, no, I want to find some more Funko Pops. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. So then we went to a couple other stores and it was just so sweet to see because Ollie, it's been a really long time since I feel like Ollie really felt like okay to show that they really liked something. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft again, maybe. Yeah, which was a long time ago. And yeah. then Ollie got really weird about having Minecraft stuff because I think they viewed that as like a little kid thing to have. Yeah. Which is funny because I feel like you and I are pretty childish about stuff. Yeah. So I don't know why Ollie has this uh, this complex with like acting like they like kid stuff. I mean, we talk about watching like Hey Arnold or Boy Meets World, or these other shows, you know? Yeah, we've always that we watched been as kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why Ollie's acting like that, but uh, 
Yeah, it's no, really I'm... sweet to see them like. And then they kept saying, uh, "Like I'm a material girl," like yeah. because they had this giant bag of Funko Pops, and like they paid for all of them themselves. Yeah. And I think that Ollie just felt like really, really good about yeah. it. So that yeah, was no, a sweet I'm excited thing to that see. Oliver. Uh, I said this that I was really happy that they seem to be finding something to like really pour into again and like um yeah just be fun with yeah and, and collect so i now listen my struggle with it is i have never been an anime person yeah um you're I, having a hard time giving it a real well try. i mean I've, I've watched that well it was just the other night where ollie was like hey can we sit down please and watch this so i was like yeah we can so we did I thought it was all right. thought it was fine. And <clears throat> I've always given Ollie the caveat that, hey, I just need to let you know, I have given anime a try several times in my life, and it's just not my thing. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate the art style um, and, you know, the animation style, all that stuff, uh, truly, as an artist. But <clears throat> it's just not my thing, and, and I don't think I have to necessarily force that. But anyway, I'll let you blow your nose over there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really sad that you woke up in the middle of the night uh, all sweaty and needing to turn the fan on. And then you didn't think about the fact that it was blowing full speed, like directly on my face. And I thought the, it was blowing on me. And the littles. So like the littles woke up a couple of times, like fussing because their noses were really dry. And then I could feel mine yeah. be real like... I woke Sorry. up and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and now I feel like I'm just, I mean, it's been two days and I'm still just like yeah. struggling over well, here. Again, sorry. Thanks a lot. Thought it was on me. It wasn't. But you're the one who always has to have the fan on. I know, but I don't have it on my face. It's like it's across the room. Real <laughs> rookie mistake, Logan. Or do you think you're getting like on the other side of it or you think it's getting worse? I don't think it's getting worse. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like truly what it is. I don't think I'm sick. I don't feel mm -hmm. sick. I just feel like I was super dried out for six hours. And so now oh. my body's like overcompensating. Okay. Well, I, again, I apologize. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited that Ollie also seems to be really liking this acting class. Yeah. Tell me how that <laughs> went. Cause you, I know you didn't, you can't watch. Because you have to like, yeah. but Ollie didn't really tell me much. They went straight to play with Stella. When, yeah, so. uh, Ollie said that this week they like finally actually got into some acting, uh, but that they really liked it <clears throat> and uh, that the teacher basically would give them like a prompt, like they would give the class a prompt and then uh, the kids would, you know, pretend to be uh, an animal in the park and then they would have to like pair up with a buddy and then make like a a small play okay off of like what they were talking about and i can't remember what ridiculous thing ollie said that their partner like, i remember ollie said something but it was like pretending to be an animal that was afraid of another animal yeah um <laughs> like yeah and when ollie was telling me about it like my parent brain or my uh i just am not like that's not my humor that's not my what i would enjoy like i immediately think about that teacher and i'm like that person has so much patience but <clears throat> but i think if you really enjoy theater yeah then 
kids saying off the wall shit is probably like funny to you or endearing or yeah. reminds you of when you were in young little theater classes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm so thankful. I was telling Oliver, like, that's so cool and so brave of you that you're comfortable being so silly and off the wall yeah. with total strangers. Because yeah. I can be like, goofy and ridiculous with my family or with my like really good friends but to think about going yeah uh to camp and getting up on stage and following some improv prompt <laughs> that is like uh one of the yeah circles of hell oh, I for think, me yeah ollie like i would really never comfortable there i think ollie will do <clears throat> really well in the same uh type of space that like tim and eric have been able to do yeah. You know, just really absurd. And, and I think Ollie's just finding <laughs> their voice in that. Yeah. Because it obviously, 80 to 90% of the time, even to me, it's like, dear God, yeah. stop it. But, you know, I, but <laughs> I try not like, to vocalize that. Well, like after that very first uh, class, uh, Ollie said that they had like a little thing where they were supposed to pretend like they were something in a park. Yeah. Do you remember that? And Ollie was, and I was like, well, what did you pretend to be? And Ollie was like, I was a half-eaten hamburger on the floor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, how do you even pretend to be that? And yeah. Ollie yeah. didn't miss a beat. Duh. Dropped to the floor and just rolled up into a ball and then just stayed there. Yeah. And I'm like, what a goofy ass kid. Yeah. But like, go off, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm so thankful that we've found something outside of academics and outside yeah. of just like, being home or playing with yeah. friends or whatever for Ollie to really latch on to because, you know, Ollie was like a little soccer kid for a minute, but yeah. uh, as soon as it was like, oh, hey, these are the positions and this is how you really like play a competitive game, Ollie was out. Yeah. They're like, oh, if we don't get to just run around and kick the ball, I'm, yeah. I'm all good. Yeah. So. And I think Ollie really enjoys the spotlight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in baseball you know there's not a whole lot of spotlight unless you're batting you well and there's no pitching. like yeah, it's not like a goofy show your personality <clears throat> type of spotlight either it's oh yeah like absolutely purely about your skill and yeah. your like competitive nature <laughs> and ollie's not super competitive they just like yeah. to be really freaking goofy. how much do you think and i'm just genuinely curious um how much do you think ollie's blossoming into this type of stuff has to do with the fact that we pulled him from kind of tra traditional schooling. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that that has much to do with it because we're so fresh in that. I, yeah, well, I don't know. It was before the summer started that, you know. Yeah, we pulled like, but there I feel was like it, six to eight weeks left of the school year. Yeah, so it, it's it's been a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm be curious. And the reason I ask is because, you know, we're talking about being fun and creative and just silly in general and absurd. <clears throat> and I know I mentioned last week the that Sir Ken Robinson, uh, one of those videos. It was like the first video that I had watched. I was in college uh, my freshman year and I had this class. And it was on the history of tango. And my professor, do you remember that class? Yeah. Yeah, I had you write a paper for me because yeah. <laughs> I was just so burned out. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, 
we never really talked about tango um barely once or twice but what we did talk about was just like philosophical type questions and he would play videos and i remember the first time he played this video it was sir ken robinson's uh ted talk on schools and creativity and i i can't remember what i got into exactly last week when i was talking about oh i was talking about the dancer um and the medication and going on to yeah yeah um well this video was man it's just stuck with me i don't know if you have any of those videos where you're just like the i only watched it one well i've watched it several times but i only needed to watch it once to have such a profound impact yeah but it was essentially how systemically schools kind of squash creativity you know we reward perfection and we punish any trying and uh, if you fail of any kind you you get a question wrong well that's going against your grade so it, it, it i don't know um it was a really I, I should post it somewhere i know i said that last last week may i'll put it in the group um or something like that but yeah that that's why i asked the question is is because i wonder how much correlation you think of cuz i feel like ollie when the especially the last couple of years here at the school they were going to <clears throat> i i felt like it was just head against the wall and just running in place and always never being able to progress whether that be with friendships uh with you know t- i guess teacher relationships um i mean educationally ollie was ollie's just i think a little different kind of like me i think yeah. needs special attention which is what we're doing now yeah um and i th- i th- i don't know part of me understands the schools stretched you know in certain areas like all schools are uh-huh. Then another part of me like has our story and our relationship to that school and those administrators. Right. And several times I very much saw myself and getting angry at the way the school was handling it. Right. Or the way Oliver was, you know, being treated or kind of being left in the lurch in some of this. Right. And <clears throat> while Oliver did well. I definitely feel I felt the sense that there was just always something. And I yeah. feel like now Oliver doesn't have that on the brain. Right. And so has room to, you know, uh, be a little more creative and be a little more silly and collect Funko Pops and explore themselves. You right. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think a couple of things have played <clears throat> into it. I totally hear what you're saying about like, there for a minute, Ollie, it felt like we were getting a phone call every single week from school about Ollie like oh yeah, getting in trouble or having a big reaction. And Oliver is like a very big emotional kid mm-hmm. uh, and kind of always has been. And for a while, I thought that the school <laughs> that they were at was doing a really good job of like giving Ollie, you know, uh, a lot of redirection or like. They had a really great um, sensory room that Ollie could go to. Yeah. Uh, And then it felt like um, as soon as Ollie, it was like they went from 
third grade into fourth grade and the teacher moved up with the class and they kept all of the same kids yeah. in the same class. Right. And I think because those kids recognized that Oliver in the third grade had big emotions and wasn't very good at controlling them yet, yeah. they knew they could get a rise out of Ollie. <laughs> and then if they were able to control their emotions enough to be like, what? Yeah. That Ollie was going to get in trouble and these kids weren't. And uh, I think kind of the big catalyst was uh, I had gotten a phone call from the principal that Ollie had had, uh, had gotten into it with this kid on the playground and uh, that they were going to be missing some recess. Yeah. And Ollie came home and I was like, hey, can you tell me what happened? What's going on? And Ollie was like, well, this kid, like, he's been bullying me forever and he always, like, says really mean stuff to me in class. And then uh, I was out on the playground and I was like, minding my own business and this kid came up and like ripped my jacket off of me and wouldn't give it back and so then i chased after him and i took his jacket and then we both got in trouble uh and then i tried to tell a teacher that uh that he wasn't staying in the zone he was supposed to be in and they told me that i needed to basically like mind my own business mm -hmm. and uh and so then they both got in trouble like they but it felt like Ollie was almost in more trouble than yeah. this other kid. And uh, so I told Ollie, like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Like, I don't like that. Uh, and so I went into, I told Oliver, like, hey, your principal didn't tell me you were missing recess this week. Yeah. So she just said you were going to be doing zones for the for recess next week. I was like, so if you are pulled into the office at recess tomorrow, I want you to call me and I'll just come down because we lived like five yeah, minutes from school mm -hmm. um and i didn't get a call during first recess so i thought it wasn't a big deal but then i did get a call from ollie's second recess and they're like hey you told me to call you if i'm in the office i'm in the office and i'm like yeah bet here i come and i go and i like sit down with the principal and i'm like hey what's going on like it feels like oliver is constantly getting in trouble <clears throat> because they're reacting to the shit these other kids are doing yeah and, and also like, like the all it was always in the principal's office and like all the like big truck and i remember like i definitely went to the principal's office because hello i was a problem child yeah but never to the frequency that oliver it's like their punishment seemed to be super extreme too tuper <laughs> too severe yeah and so i'm like talking to the principal and i'm trying to figure this out and i'm like it just feels like these kids know they can like poke 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 and yeah. ollie will have a reaction <clears throat> gross yeah <coughs> it's okay you're sick ollie will have a reaction and then they get in trouble too instead of this kid that should have not been like doing this stuff over mm -hmm. and over again and like we were having problems with the same kid mm -hmm. over and over again and uh and ollie after that was like it was so clear that Ollie was so thankful that I like came to bat for them, you know, and then I just like pulled Ollie from school that day. That. And uh, it really pissed me off too, because the, the principal was like, well, I mean, we let, we let both of the kids go out for first recess um, for like half of it. And then we came and got them after 15 minutes and it's like, but they weren't bothering each other. Yeah. So like, it felt like instead you forgot that these kids were supposed to uh, yeah, miss yeah, recess. Yeah, yeah. So then you um, go out yeah. and grab them. Let's put them back in time. And out. it's like, but they weren't bothering each other yeah. then. So then it's like, what's the point? Why are you doing that? <laughs> 
And so I think that that like really stuck with Ollie knowing that like, no, I know when you're wrong and I'll tell you when you're wrong, but I'm also going to go to bat for you when you're not. Right. Or when like, I don't feel like these things are being handled right. Mm -hmm. And again, I have a degree in elementary ed. I've like, I didn't ever work as a formal teacher, but I had like the, the half of a school year as a student teacher. Um, And you have to do like, you know, all of the work that a teacher does. So it's like, I, I know that my kids a lot, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't feel like I'm one of those parents that goes in and I'm like, my kid's a perfect angel. And how could you possibly ever say they do things wrong? I know all he does. Which is why I think we gave the school so much leeway in the first year, essentially. But but when it's like, no, this is nonstop. Like, why aren't you doing anything about it? Mm -hmm. And then when we moved and Ollie (laughs) went into this new school, um, they were only there for like a few days. Uh, and then we got an email about uh, some guy that was trying to get into the school. So they had like put yeah. the school on lockdown and they had to call the cops and have the guy taken and away I or whatever. Think right around then there had been. There was a, the mean, shooting. There, there were shootings like every week. There was the shooting in Nashville. And my sister used yes, to be a teacher right, in Nashville. Yeah. And she so knew. It hit a little closer. Yeah. Right, she then. knew some of the teachers that worked at that school. <clears throat> and so I just. Uh, and at that point, I wasn't doing anything for my mental health and my anxiety was at like an all time high. Yeah. And so I was like, we're just going to pull. Like, I have this degree. I feel good about just teaching Ollie at home. I feel like they need uh, more advanced work in certain areas anyway. And like, we're just going to pull and see what happens. And we finished out the school year um, and it was fine. It was great. This year, we're going to go into like this parent partner program with uh the school district that we're zoned for Mm -hmm. so ollie will go to school at this like alternative school for one and a half days which i think will be great for like socializing and getting uh extra help and things that i don't i don't like grading for ollie like i really do not like grading ollie's writing i don't want ollie to think that i don't think their stories are good yeah but like from a teacher standpoint like you need to work on your punctuation. You need to work yeah. on your paragraph form. You I see Oliver being like, a, a, do you remember? Well, of course you remember the Captain Underpants series. But his name's Dave Pilkey. And he came to my school. When Did, did you ever have authors come and like? Yeah, during like, uh, typically oh. I felt like it was during the book fair week or yeah, like right after that. So I remember he came when I was in at Eastern and he had like one of those big like, those uh with the paper that you can roll over oh, to the yeah. back and he was oh, drawing Captain Underpants. Yes. Oh, I loved when they did that. Uh, when I student taught, the guy that did uh, Pete the Cat Oh yeah, yeah came yeah, yeah. to the school <laughs> and I thought, and I'm a full grown adult at that point. I'm yeah, 22 years yeah. old and I'm like, this is so magical. Celebrity. To that looks just <laughs> like the books, you know, <laughs> so yeah. good. But the, I mentioned him because, you know, he was, um, I remember he kind of spoke to me and you know a couple of my friends in the aspect of, hey, I need to let y'all know your teachers aren't going to like this, but I was a doodler, you know. I I would always draw in the margins of my textbooks and, and I was just always making up silly things and I would get bad grades. And that's where Ollie reminds me of that, yeah, that type of situation where Ollie's imagination is so rich that it, when not harnessed yet, because they're a kid, right. 
um, it can often, yeah, come out of left field or off the wall. And it's like, no, buddy, that's not, that wasn't the assignment. Right. <laughs> I think that Ollie's brain is moving so fast, mm-hmm. especially when they're in that like creative mind space yeah. that it's like, no, you know, this other stuff doesn't matter. But then Ollie's so worried about working on the next book or the next chapter or whatever that the thought of going back and revising. Yeah. Ollie's is like probably not a written thing. 200 books at this point. Literally. Um, written and you illustrated know, like yeah i'm really excited <laughs> to see overall with a little bit of fostering yeah what ollie in particular will end up doing you know and, and i'm sure yeah. it's not going to be one thing it's going to be several things but like i'm really excited to watch that journey because um yeah i mean i feel like that's one of my number one roles as a dad is to make sure that when we set this little ball in motion that it has enough juice to get where they want to go. Right. At least from our standpoint of pushing and helping. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, then we get to do it again with Arlo and Simon. And I think, yeah, just as long as we, again, foster an environment where they feel comfortable to explore and be weird, um, but also know the limits. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fine line of teaching them and then letting them. Right. You know, it's a tether, I guess. Yeah. We have really tried to tell Oliver, like, hey, it's really important for you to, like, be honest with us. You don't have – we're a safe place for you. You know, like, yeah. if you do something wrong, you just need to tell us. We'll work through it. But, like, if you lie to us about it and we find out that you've lied about it, then you're going to get in trouble, you yeah. know? And I'm not even saying that, like, if you tell us the truth, you won't get in trouble because sometimes you still will, but it'll be less severe, you know, mm-hmm. and it's important for us to trust you. And I think that in the moments where that is tested and we believe Oliver, yeah, I think that that has really played into, like, Ollie knows we're a safe place for them, you know? Yeah. And I think that, like, sometimes I get a little emotional about it uh, because... uh. As safe as I felt in my family on the aspect of my home is secure. I'm not like afraid that anybody is going to like physically hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that my family will like always be there for me. I felt really good in those things, but I wouldn't say that I felt safe to tell my parents a lot of stuff, mm. you know? Uh, and I think that like for Ollie, it's always just been so important to me that like, you know you can talk to me. I'm not going to pry. I'm not yeah. going to like ask you a bunch of questions if you're not in a space where you want to talk about it. But like we've we've been having these issues with um a couple of the neighbor kids uh just like not being very nice and Ollie has made really good friends with another one of the neighbor kids that used to be close with the other ones and isn't anymore because these this little trio is just like not they're just not being very nice and i got this text from their mom today that her kids told her that they overheard ollie saying something to their friend that was like really not good Uh, and she told me what it was and i was like oh that we don't do that we don't talk like that i will absolutely address that also a little out of character yeah like like, because "Mm." we i mean for a long time we didn't even let Ollie play like hunting games. Like it wasn't, a, you know what I mean? Like yeah. 
we were very like, let's be careful about violence with the kids, you know, yeah. whether that is shooting a fake gun and a fake animal or whatever. I'm not against it yeah. as far as like responsible gun owners, but I don't need to have my kid like dying to like play those games right now. But also like violence yeah. towards other people. We don't tolerate that. We don't talk about yeah. hurting your brothers. We don't talk about hurting your family. We don't talk about hurting people, period. So Even when, their the feelings. We say like we don't talk about people's yeah. bodies. Like, yeah, yeah, because we, like that shit sticks. Yeah. That whole sticks and stones may break my bones, but words don't ever hurt me. That is like such a crock of shit. I'll tell you, I would yeah. rather have someone break my arm than hurt my fucking feelings <laughs> because that will stay with me forever. It, yeah. The amount of things that I, I'm sure people thought they said to me and it would just like, like for them, it was just never a thought again. Yeah. It has haunted me. Yeah. So it matters. <laughs> but so she, when she texted me this and was like, hey, you know, my kid said that all I said this to this other kid and, you know, that's really hurtful or whatever. And I was like, oh, please tell your kids I'm so sorry. Like I will address it. And then I called immediately and talked to Ollie because uh, we were out getting your haircut. And Ollie was immediately like, I did not say that. And then the other kid was like, Ollie didn't say that. We didn't say anything like that. And I was like, well, what did you say? They were like, well, we just said that that girl's like really rude to us sometimes. And that's why we don't want to play with her. And that was like very much not what that mom said. But, yeah, right. You know, but I think for Ollie to know that like they can tell us that. And then when I get home, if I ask you about it to your face, I'm going to know if you're lying to me. Ollie doesn't have a good like lying face. Yeah. But if you tell me you didn't say it, I'm going to believe you. Okay. Like mm -hmm. you don't need to lie to me about it. If you did say it, then obviously like you're not allowed to do that. And we will talk about what that means as far as consequences go. But if you tell me you didn't and I'm looking at you and I can tell that you're being honest, yeah. I'm going to believe you. And you're not going to be in trouble anymore. Yeah. And I, there are so many points where it's like, as as hard as it is to be a parent, and uh, how like worried I am all the time about like I know I will traumatize them in some way. Like we are humans. Like we are not going to be perfect parents. Uh, I do not have like a ton of patience. I feel like with every kid we've added, I have less and less patience. <laughs> huh. um, yeah. And that's something I'm like always working on with them. But uh, our kids know that we're safe. Mm -hmm. We're like that we are safe people to talk to. Yeah. And I think Ollie really recognizing that as they've gotten older, it's like, yeah, what do, what do you have to hide? You know, just so that I think that Ollie's very comfortable to show all of the weirdest parts of them. Yeah. You know, like, and they're getting better mm -hmm. about coming out of their, uh, like, getting really comfortable and really goofy and whatever, mm -hmm. because they know that this is a safe place for them to do that. I'm yeah. not going to be like, hey, you look or sound really stupid right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say for me, when I was younger, one of the things that's popping out uh, that I didn't feel, quote unquote, safe in. I mean, I, I could always talk to my mom, I felt, um, and and I had. I just don't think I did as much as I do now because I haven't I hadn't learned the process of being open. I was always goofy and whatnot, but as far as like my feelings and um, um, 
I don't know. I was a little more reserved, I guess, when I was younger because I had to learn those skills. So I'm glad to be able to kind of pass those on, you know, to Oliver and, and hopefully Oliver can utilize those a little earlier in their life. Um, but for me, I feel like a, a fear I always had because you, I thought of this whenever you said like I had a, a warm house, you know, I had everything like I felt safe in my house and all that good stuff. Cause I remember having a very similar thought of like, yeah, I, I like, I have a warm bed. I ate tonight. Um, I've got a dirt bike, you know, I've got all the things and, but there's something. And I, I had to like figure out what that something was yeah. that there's this underlying fear of something in the future or something coming. And I think that was just like my first grapple with just general anxiety yeah. But I remember very young having this general sense of what am I going to do? Like when I leave this house, because like I get to come home, <laughs> I get to eat. And this is like elementary school that I'm thinking this or having this memory anyway. Yeah. That like my mom makes me dinner and like this isn't a house I have to pay for. And all all the things that like are, are beneficial to being a kid. Right. And I had this just almost to the same level of like dying. You know, I had dying on one hand and then I had what the fuck am I going to do when I'm no longer, when I'm an adult. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, career, I have to like, I have, <laughs> I have to find a, a girl to like get married to so she'll have kids with me. Like there was these check boxes almost. And I don't know. I, I, again, I feel like that was my first real grapple with anxiety. Yeah. And I still, even though I'm as comfortable as I've ever been with like what I do and, you know, I guess what we got going, there's always this unease that like it could all end tomorrow. I don't, I, yeah. I've, I've, that's probably my biggest anxiety I think in life. Yeah. Is that something, some cataclysmic event will shut down everything I've worked for or I'm trying to do. Right. And, it bleeds over into not wanting to rock the boat in certain aspects or yeah. I don't know. I know you see it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I had a moment like that. I feel like it was a couple weeks ago because I was so bummed about it. Cause I was like, man, I feel like this medicine's really working, but I woke up today and I cannot stop worrying about finances. Yeah. And I called my friend and I was like, dude, it feels like when I'm good financially, I'm not calm. I don't feel good about it because in my mind, it can all immediately go away. Like we yeah, could right. get into some big accident or like something terrible could happen. And and then all of this financial security we worked for is gone. When we don't have money, you're worried about it because you're like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. What if your next paycheck doesn't come? You know, we felt that a lot whenever we had the business. It was like, what if, what if nobody orders this month? You know, what if nobody needs anything? What if everybody feels the the economy and like they don't they can't get the shirts or whatever you know like so it's like when we're good i don't feel good when we're not good i don't feel good yeah. like i look at my parents who worried about money forever because they were so worried about saving for my sister and i and saving for retirement and having their house paid off and like now they're in retirement but then like the shit with the economy and the stock market and they're fucking retirement funds 
taken a hit and now they're still like do it's, we just yeah. worry about it literally forever yeah. and like right how it's, unfair yeah. is that and then i'm looking at like the fucking deer come through our yard to get the, the corn that we lay out for them and yeah. i'm like man we are animals just like them and they get to like prance around all day not pay tax and do whatever the hell they want to do <laughs> like, and somebody like signed us up for all this other bullshit yeah. and it's like i just also want to like walk around and enjoy being a human being a being a living thing on yeah. this planet yeah that we like have like how crazy miraculous that of all the planets that we know about like ours is in this spot where it's like a viable place for us to live and yeah. we can like there are all of these different like climates and different it is plants very and, like, magical dude, and then it gets um and it's like we can't even enjoy it because yeah. we have all this other shit going on yeah and it's just it feels so unfair because it literally like what is the number do you have to be a multimillionaire to feel good do you have to be a billionaire to feel good yeah. like what is it literally because it feels so unattainable yeah and again it's like who the hell can save up for a house but then also save up for six months worth of their expenses so mm -hmm. that if you would lose your job you have that little bit of stability but also i'm sorry if i only had six months worth of savings to cover all my bills i would still be worried about you finding a job in six months that yeah, could pay right. for like the shit that we need to pay for so it's yeah. like I just don't understand how people are doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I feel really thankful that we're able to do what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. but it's not like we're in a place where we don't have to fucking worry about it or we don't have to think about yeah. it. Like we're still on the, on the path of, we're still yeah. on the buildup. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everything that we worked really hard for, we put into this house when we bought it. Yeah. So it's now it feels like we're starting all over again. Yeah. But we have this house also to pay for. There is a, there is a sense for me too that like I look back sometimes uh, at stages where I was doing a little less, but we're you know at the end of the day we're still able to you know make whatever to make the household run right, and so it's just a matter of what level do we do that at. Um, you know, you put you know X in into the business and then you you get y out but then the next month if if x is five times that then your y is going to be maybe five times that but then your costs are five times that so it's like it's just kind of grows with yeah. you i guess is what i'm saying and so we have felt like we were slowly climbing that mountain like literally one step at a time yeah and um but yeah i mean that I, to me that's one of my biggest anxieties is yeah it, losing it all because there is this yeah, that's what that's the point i was trying to make is when i look back at when we were very first in the kindleville house and i had my office up in um the upstairs and i had my little filing cabinet and i put everything perfectly there my yeah. papers were all nice and neat and yeah i was only making sixteen thousand. you know yeah. it was but i was also having a good time doing it yeah and comparative to like that instance to comparative to now, there is an exchange of weight. And yeah. and while certain things are easier now, if something falls apart or a piece of the engine breaks, it is a farther fall from the top of the tree than it is the bottom. Right. And it and it hurts harder. Yeah. And or it's uh, like there's less people that could help you because like Yeah. 
we're not talking about a little bit of money every month. It's a lot. And it's just, it just becomes this thing where I just keep going back to like, is there a magic number? Like, is there a sweet spot somewhere that we have missed out on or we just haven't made it there yet? Or like, Literally, is it so mm-hmm. fucking hard for everyone all I the think time? It's hard for everyone, for sure. Because and yeah, like, how unfair is that? That like, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what like your religious or spiritual affiliations are, it's like we only know for sure that this is the life that we get to have. Like, we only know for sure yeah. that this is the one. Like, how shitty that we have to worry about shit all the fucking mm-hmm. time now, and it's like. Whether you have kids or you don't have kids. I mean, I had dinner with a friend tonight and she was like, the thought of having a kid and having to like pay for a kid and like yeah. everything else that comes with it. Like, how do you even do well, that? I know the the amount of, you know, millennials having kids is way down. I can't um, even blame them. Yeah. <laughs> no. It, yeah. It's a perpetual state of like catastrophizing and yeah, just trying to make it work. I I think in relation to what we were talking about for like mental health is I think it's important in in as many aspects as you can, but also in this one to not try to relate any one story to anyone else's because at the end of the day, we only know what we know because we only have the perspective of the world through our eyes. Right. And we can sympathize with other people and we can take their stories and, you know, think, oh, that is worse or that is, you know, I'm glad I'm not there. But at the end of the day, we're all feeling it. Yeah. You know, so like even fucking millionaires out there. Yeah. Because they also have big bills. It's like a lot Uh, of times it's unavoidable. The more money you make, the more money you have to spend. And it's like. Yeah, you don't have to go out and like fucking blow your money on bullshit. But yeah. a lot of times, especially for business owners, the bigger, the more money you make, the more your costs are too. Yeah, yeah. So your percentage wise is still like what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Scaling, scaling is hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And then there are games you have to play. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah. I know people of all levels who are both doing really well. Uh, mentally, financially, opportunistically, everything. And I know people who are uh, also on the lower end of the, you know, the income scale who are both have great opportunities and are, you know what I mean? It's like, I I see both of both types of people in both worlds or all types of worlds, because at the end of the day, yeah, we're all human and we're, we're just trying to, to figure out our our specific operating systems yeah. manual when there isn't one written. It reminds me of uh, my sister. Uh, she, for, I mean, since I've been a mom, basically anytime she calls me, if she's like, dude, I'm so freaking tired. Like, I'm just so tired. And then she'll almost always stop herself and be like, I mean, I know that you're like, you know, probably more tired than me because, yeah, right. and I'm always immediately like, Nope, you're tired. Yeah. Like just, you're tired maybe it's is your ti- tired. Or, yeah, like yeah. it's not a fucking competition. It's not like mm-hmm. you know because I have these kids and they have slept with us for a really long time or whatever. It's like yeah, I'm I'm for sure exhausted. But I also remember 
before I had kids, times when I felt really fucking exhausted. And that was hard then too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like your heart is your heart and yeah. mine is mine. And you don't have to compare yours to mine to figure out if yours is as hard as you think it is. Yeah. Because it is hard for you. Yeah. That shit's hard. And like, it just feels like this anxiety that's been kind of just growing in all of us. Mm. It can feel so crippling <clears throat> sometimes. And there's, there's moments where I can feel like, okay, yeah, but you feel it too. So like, we're in this together, right? Like this is a mutual, mm -hmm. like, ugh, this fucking sucks. But then there's other times where I'm just like, no, that's like really fucked up though, mm -hmm. that we have to feel that way. And I just, but I don't know, like, what do you do? What, what's it going to take? Because it feels like more and more people are like thinking about striking or like making these bigger decisions. But if everybody doesn't do it, then it's like, I just feel like as a, as a country, we've gotten our place <laughs> ourselves into this place too, where it's just yeah. like, what do we, what the fuck do we do? I, yeah, I mean, this is just a personal, I guess, uh, note on that. But for me, <clears throat> as a collective, I'm pretty nihilistic about it. Um, I, I don't know. It's not whether or not I put my heart into it, <laughs> even if I were to work hard and become the president of the United States, which no way that happened. <laughs> But even if I did and I make some huge positive changes, still, in, at the end of the the world's time, we are all ash, we are all dust, and and there will be nothing left to like matter in the end. Yeah. Literally nothing. No humans left, no artifacts left. Uh, give enough time, it'll all be gone. And so, yeah. To, to me then it's like I feel I feel pretty solemn when I come to think about like humanity as a whole and how we interact with it. I feel like we're we're keeping it together but it's not going to progress to the uh, to where I would want it at least in my lifetime to have these uh what I think is possible with civilizations and yeah. societies. And to me, yeah, that's also a big source of <laughs> anxiety for me. I was just telling you the other day about, I think my, maybe there's a different term because I know there's like the anxiety I feel where it's literally in my chest and, you know, I have, you know, my panic attacks because of it there's that shit but then there's like this general lower a um a lowercase a anxiety about going out to do literally anything yeah um i went and got my haircut today and that's usually fine pleasant experience but the flutter that went in my stomach when i like realized oh it's almost two o'clock when it was like one o'clock and I knew I had to leave in a half hour. It's such a, well, I guess, yeah, it is in my stomach. I just get this overwhelming sense of like, it's like uh, st static, TV static. Yeah. Just, and uh, it makes, butterflies makes me nervous. Uh -huh. 
and I don't know why. And and the only thing I've been able to tr kind of put my finger on is it is a relatively abbreviated uh, contact with <laughs> other humans where like faded conversation is going to be involved. It's like, oh, so how long you've been you yeah. know, cutting hair? You know, not that I, I enjoyed the experience once I got through it, of course, like I always do. Yeah. But it's like this thought of having to do this game of, I don't know, that's the way I look at it. It's like, yeah. I got to walk over here, I got to sit down, I got to smile, I got to do the thing. And it's, it, it is, it, it takes your social energy bar level down. Yeah. And uh, anything that have to do with fucking forms, that's why I so appreciate the other, I had to get uh, emergency dental work because I chipped my tooth. And you had called ahead to like make sure my <laughs> check-in shit was taken care of. Because it's such a, I, I cannot stress enough how like anxiety inducing it is to think that I have to sit down and fill out forms with my insurance and yeah. <laughs> it's so, I don't like it. I don't like these quick little office visits anywhere Yeah, and it drives me fucking nuts to have to do it. Yeah. I feel like for me, I've been having uh, the last few days, I've been having this like fluttering in my chest and it very much feels like anxiety, but like my brain's not thinking it anymore. So I don't know if that's like effects of the medicine or what, but it's like mm. mentally I'm not feeling anxious, but it's like my body is still Could reacting. it be excitement for anything? It doesn't feel like excitement though, because it feels almost like, uh, you know, like I want it to go away. Is it ever a draw? Uh like a immediately following a thought of some kind no a lot of times i'm like what what is this and so i didn't know if maybe it was like you know we're getting ready to go to this camp and there's a part of me that's really excited to be away from the kids and have that break but it's also the longest we've ever been away from mm -hmm. the kids yeah <coughs> um there's the social aspect of it like going to this camp and knowing that there's going to be hundreds of people there and like they all know you because it's tied in with your other job and like you're a person on that. You're a person involved in that. Yeah. But also there's going to be some people there that are listening to the podcast and know us. And for me, like it's a, like, are people going to like me? Am, am I going <laughs> to, am I going to come off like boring? Because sometimes right. I get so nervous in social settings that I just like totally clam up and I can't me think too. of anything to yeah. say. And then I feel like, yeah. do they think I'm like a boring person or do, am I going to say something fucking stupid or are they going to hear me on the podcast and like me? But then when they hear me in person, they're like, well, she's maybe, you know, not as, not as smart or not as well thought or whatever. Like, and I just get really nervous yeah. because like, I just want people to like, enjoy being around me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't need you to like, want to be around me all the time or what anything. What do you think but, that like, is? Uh, because I know there is definitely a personality type that's like, I don't give a fuck what people think about me oh god i wish but oh, i wish i could do that. i wonder yeah i wonder or if it if the i don't give a fuck what people think about me is a form of caring what people think about you because you kind of want to yeah. be a hard you know what i mean so i wonder i was actually thinking about that earlier yeah in the conversation because like i think what i was trying to say earlier when i was talking about feeling safe in my house <clears throat> it's like i physically felt safe but i did not emotionally feel super safe i didn't like mentally feel super safe and 
I think it's because like, we talked about this in another episode, but like for me, you know, when I would see my dad being like upset or my mom being upset, my go-to for a really long, at a certain point from then on, even to now, it's like, I want to make the least amount of waves possible. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever I think you want me to do, uh, which I think now causes me to mirror people a lot. I don't mean to, but I'm I'm walking in a room and I'm like, what's the energy? What's Mm. the vibe? What's that person thinking? And I'm making these assumptions. You know, I don't fucking actually know what you're thinking. But for me, I think that it really kind of started this like, I am a people pleaser. Unless I get to a point with you where like you have totally abused me to the point where I don't even want to have a relationship with you anymore, like friendships that I've lost. It's like my baseline is like I'm going to meet you where I think that you are and I'm going to mold myself into what I think you want me to be because I want you to have a good time. Mm. I'm less worried about me having a good time. I want you to have a good time first. And so for me, when I come around other people, <coughs> uh, sometimes I worry that like I could come off like not very genuine mm. or I could come off maybe even a little like fake or like I'm trying too hard. You do have like a... <coughs> um, but it's because I want you to be comfortable. No, yeah. I I, I think you have a very warm presence and like when you're smiling around strangers it is a very um it's a hard smile yeah i mean you smile big you know you're (laughs) you're a big smiler um but i i don't read it as fake ever you know and i feel like i have a a fake dar (laughs) yeah i don't know so like in that i'm also worried sometimes that people will then take that as in like a negative way like if they're doing something and i'm reacting to it the way that i think you want me to react to it but i'm like reading it wrong mm. and so then you're gonna view me actually as like was she just being a bitch or was she just being like <laughs> do you know what i mean because like yeah. sometimes i can like shoot the shit with people yeah and then i'm like well fuck did i take it too far or like yeah. you know what <clears throat> so i think for me it's like really hard for me to meet people and immediately just be like my genuine self yeah because i don't i'm trying my natural is to walk into a room assess where it's at what what, how's everyone feeling and then mold myself into that Mm. because i feel like that was an important way for me to feel like an overall safeness in my house yeah that was the way to kind of keep the peace so for me i'm trying to keep the peace with everyone that i meet yeah which I think then sometimes people can leave situations with me and maybe feel like they didn't really learn anything about me at all. Yeah. You know, or like I could come off like a yes man or something. Yeah. It's like, I'm, if you get to know me in a real way, if I feel like we're friends and we can like cut it up like that, then, then obviously like you'll kind of get to really see that yeah. real true form of me. I wonder how many people though, you know, on their first, uh, you know, meeting of other people are genuinely, truly themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Cause don't I'm know. in a similar vein as yours where it's, you know, yeah, I didn't want to rock the boat. I don't, 
know if I have the same, like I form to what everybody else wants as much as you do. But my response is I'm just fucking quiet. Yeah. Like I will wallflower. I'm comfortable as a wallflower. Yeah. You know, in fact, at, at camp, I'm excited to do some activity, like a couple of them with you. But we talked about it for the most part. We don't want to I, sign up for anything. I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of want to walk around, <laughs> yeah, and watch other people have fun because there's something about watching other humans have pure enjoyment and me getting to watch it, yeah, that it feels like I get to like enjoy it more. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. It's same thing with like video games now. Like I grow, listen, growing up, I played all the time, and uh, now. I don't, I can't really, fuck, we have that new Hogwarts game that Ollie wanted, and I wanted, you wanted, uh, and I still haven't even started my campaign on it, and Ollie's beating it, and it keeps telling me I need to, and it's like, I never really thought I would be the adult who just feels like I don't have time or energy to like game right now. Yeah. But what I do enjoy now is watching you play yeah. or I'll watch Ollie, you know, play like it's, it's a, it's a passive thing that I could do on the couch and not have to wait, like not waste use uh, as much bandwidth brain bandwidth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't started that game either, but I really, I did want to. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of times I can't sit down and do something long enough without somebody like interrupting me i know yeah that's like uh so I we've had them it. very rarely but there's these times where we've like i think it's been twice now where you fly back home or we we fly home for a vacation or something or a visit and then i have to come back early for work and you guys stay back for like four or five days or something yeah those are the periods where i'm like all right i'm gonna get into something usually it's like i don't know recording or I don't know, it's a project where I can spend multiple days or a painting or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I haven't gotten into gaming in a while, but I, I want to. I just, I'm so busy with I, like adult things now, I guess. No. <laughs> it's, <ugh>. Lame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Overall, I'm excited. I like, I want to take a book. I just want to like, sit down and actually be able to like I do I'm that I'm book. so excited for you to eat that food. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. It's not like it's not camp food. I hope that my appetite comes back cuz that is the one thing with this new medicine. Yeah. And I mean I'm almost 2 months on it, but I still feel like uh I get really nauseous. Before yeah. I sat down and had dinner tonight, I realized the only thing I had all day today was like half of a scone. That's like not normal for me. I'm like, I really enjoy eating. Yeah. The, my, I mean, my shit fucks with my appetite as well, I especially know. when I was on, you know, Adderall or Vyvanse or any yeah. of those amphetamine things. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's going to be a fun time. I'm, I'm, we've been planning this since 2022, right? Like, yeah basically like since after <laughs> after last year's camp yeah um, but no i'm so excited it's in new york um yeah i'm well, sure technically in like the poconos oh yeah no sorry uh pennsylvania yeah it's yeah. like just outside of new york 
just outside of the Poconos. Um, Which we've never even been over there. So I have for the, to the Poconos. Well, yeah, you went there to like yeah, scout the, it. The but... scout, the camp scout, which was really fun because we got to come in on as like a couple days there at camp where there was a their public camp that they have. Yeah. And it was very much like our camp vibes where, you know, they had like the flat, the, you know, the best dressed and, you know, all the awards at the end. And it was really, I could tell that it's going to be magical and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I have for freaking months. Yeah. And I know there's going to be people listening who we'll meet there because yeah. I know there are some people who are going that listen. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, and if you catch me mirroring you, please just, you know, know it comes from a good place. Yeah, you're okay? just trying to be loved. <laughs> just, just trying to make sure you're having a good time, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think we could probably end on, I know last week we mentioned the Patreon. Yes. And we decided to kind of move quicker on that uh, this yeah. past week and just went ahead and we've got it pretty much all set up. Just got a few tweaks to make. Um, but we're thinking October 3rd yeah, is when we're wanting to launch that. It's like a week before my birthday. Yeah. And this last year has just been really hard for me. So I'm thinking <laughs> I'm putting good vibes Yeah, for year 34, Yeah, please. But we will have, um, we'll, here soon we'll put up what the, you know, the, the tiers are. We still haven't named them. We have some candidates, right? Yeah. That are the, the different clubs, AV club, recess club. Yeah, stuff like all that. All that good stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll put the final tweaks on it. But yeah, we're thinking October 3rd. We know that we're going to do a uh, a bonus episode every month. Um, we, we I don't know if it's going to be basically just another one of these. Um, which typically, because they're so loose, I think it's probably going to be pretty similar to this. Yeah. Um, the lunch table talks, we also like the vibe of those. Um, yeah. so it's like, what, what direction, you know, do you like those to be? And then, um, once it gets to a certain point, we'd like to also introduce doing, um, live, um, like kind of hangout Q and a type deals. Yeah. Um, or even what, like the, you guys did, um, some live movie nights that were really cool. Yeah, we'll just like do big mix it up. People. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll kind of like finish figuring out what all those details are and share yeah. them out when we have them. But, uh, but I do think the goal yeah. is to to launch a bonus episode with the Patreon as well. So yes. you immediately will have content, an yeah. extra something fun to go check out. Yes. So yeah, just stay, I guess, tuned on the socials, and we'll put up some some info on it here in the next week or two because we're recording this a little bit in advance so we can yeah because we'll be gone go for camp. camp so yeah. yeah yeah and we also i'm sure we'll put some things in the facebook group about it so if you're not in the facebook group yet highly recommend that it's just the broken youth club um and i think we just passed 400 members in there which i think is like very cool so mm. that's exciting i lit up a joint today because <clears throat> we passed 420 oh shit <laughs> So that's cool. Um, if you have a story you want to tell us, uh, you can email that in at uh, mylife at brokenyouthclub.com. Um, as of this recording, uh, I think there is one in there that I need to respond to. But mm. otherwise, I've responded to everything else. So mm -hmm. if you have not gotten a response from me and you emailed, 
uh, a while ago, um, send it again because we had that one that went to the spam and I'm yeah. like really nervous now yep. about that. And if you'd like to uh, call into our unmanned hotline, it's 509-850-0674. Just feel free to leave a message so, you know, someone's listening, we'll, we'll listen to them uh, and uh, just kind of talk about them here and there. Um, while Kate blows her nose. I know. I really thought I could just like get to the end oh, of the episode, but I <laughs> surely could not. So, you know. That's right. Thanks I'll, again for that fan in the face there, baby. Yeah, no problem. I'll let you uh I'll let you take the out. Yeah. Um also everybody tell Logan how cute his hair looks. Oh God, please. Uh he actually never gets a haircut. Uh he usually will just do it at home. And yeah, we went to like a real myself. barber shop and he got like a little taper fade and lined up. I mean, it's <laughs> so cute. Okay. Um okay, yeah. But we'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh hopefully we see some of you at camp. Uh and we all have a great time there. But if not, we'll see you next week. So, okay. Love you. Bye. See you.